Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tea with Tammy. I am of course Tammy and happy Women's History Month. Um, This is the month where we focus and really highlight the accomplishments, the bravery, the, um, the warrior and women. And this isn't limited just to this month, but this is the focus that will be on this episode and the next few to come, just like we did for Black History Month. And hopefully this month we don't lose an episode by some natural disaster. Okay. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. (laughs) But again, welcome. I'm glad you can join. And, um, one of the topics I wanted to discuss with you today was brought up on one of my live streams on the tagged app. Um, if you did not know, I do daily live streams on tagged and it's, 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 it can be a lot. Now, if you're not used to platforms like such, I just want you to just go into it open-minded and prepared for the fuckery. But um, long story short, on my live stream, we talk about random stuff. I'm usually, you know, ranting or I'm mad at someone. And in this conversation, we naturally started talking about black sitcoms. And so we decided to have a, a great conversation in my stream about the best sitcoms that are named after the star, you know, so IE like the show, um, the DL Hughley show. He is a king of comedy and he is a, a comedy star. And so he had his own show where he plays somewhat himself and the show is named after him. So great example. So me and the viewers in my live, live stream decided to come up with three lists of the best sitcom shows named after the star. Okay. So the first list we have is the top five black best sitcoms named after the star. Um, now in no particular order, but this is the five that we narrowed in on. And this is Martin you know how I feel about Martin, but I can't deny the success of Martin. So number one is Martin. We have the Steve Harvey show, the Bernie Mac show, the Wayne brothers and the Jamie Foxx show. And so that is the top five best black sitcoms named after the star. So again, Martin, Steve Harvey show, Bernie Mac show, the Wayne bros and Jamie Foxx. And the, the show that really catches my eye, which I emphasized when I said it, which is the Wayne bros, because you know, their first names aren't in it, but they are Wayans. And that was their show. They are brothers and they played brothers. And so I thought that was a really good addition to the top list because that show goes forgotten. I don't know why, I guess maybe the platform that it played on, but I thought that show was pretty well known and it had legends like pops who plays pops in a variety of different platforms friday um the boondocks like he he is pops wherever he goes and rest in peace rest in peace to my pops too yesterday side note was the two-year anniversary of my dad transitioning and so man it was it's just It's ironic that, you know, we're talking about pops and I was just honoring my own pops, but nonetheless, that is the top five best black sitcoms. Now, if you feel different, I really need you to tell me, I really want you 
to, you know, call it out because we had a lengthy discussion and we really flushed out a lot of other shows like Malcolm and Eddie. Mm, we were, we were going back and forth with that. We really was, um, going back and forth with everyone hates Chris. Like, like that's a really good show, but I don't know if it's top five. Now we did come up with a non-black list because there's just, there's some great shows that are not black that we just, we still have to mention. And so the top five non-black best sitcoms that are named after the star are Seinfeld. Come on now. Everybody loves Raymond, Reba, Roseanne, and the George Lopez show. Those have to be the top five non-black best sitcoms that are named after the star. Now I did battle too with some other shows. Me personally, I love the Ellen show, not the talk show. We're talking sitcoms. And so she did have her own sitcom show before she got canceled, like back in like the nineties. And I remember watching that. And there's also some other shows like I love Lucy classic, but I don't know if that's like an overall top five as for shows to just be remembered for like, the entertainment. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. It's black and white. Yeah. Lucy had a distinct look, but I don't know if that really beats Roseanne that had 10 seasons. I don't like Roseanne, the person, you know, in life, but 10 years, a decade, those kids grew up on that show. So you have to admit that that show is a classic. So again, Seinfeld, everyone loves Raymond, uh, or everybody loves Raymond, Reba, Roseanne, and the George Lopez show. Now, like I did mention, it is Women's History Month. So we had to take the time to make another specific list that honored our women of color for Women's History Month because there are some women out there who have had their own sitcom show named after them. I have not named too many other women. Now, I did name some some white women, Reba and Roseanne, but now we're going to focus on women of color. So here is the top five best women of color sitcoms named after the star. One, that's so Raven. Come on now. It's the future I can see. (laughs) Shout out to Eddie. Uh, Two, Eve. The Eve show. Y'all remember Eve had a show? I think Ray J was on that show too. Um, The Mindy Project. Mindy? Oh man, I've been following her since The Office. Like you can't deny her talent, her humor, her longevity. Wanda at large. Wanda Sykes used to have her own sitcom. She played a comedian who was transitioning to be a talk show host or like a news anchor. And that was actually funny now that I remember it. Like it didn't come to mind originally when I was thinking about best sitcoms. And then I did my research and I was like, wait a minute, I do know this show. And so the, the memory started coming back and that was a slept on show. It didn't last long, but it was a good show. And then the last show, Thea. Now, a lot of people may not know what this show is. Thea, T-H-E-A is a throwback early, I think late, late eighties, early nineties, a television show, I believe maybe it lasted one to two seasons and it started, it starred, um, Thea, who is a black stand-up comedian. 
And her daughter on the show was who? Brandy, Brandy Norwood. And that's what prompted Brandy to have her own show, Moesha. They were really liking her on camera as this teenage girl. Although she didn't have too much other acting experience at the time, the the gods may be decided to take a chance on Brandy and give her her own show. And it worked. Moesha is amazing. But anyway, Thea, if, um, if you did not know is the first African-American female comedian to have a television series named after her. And so that man is history at its finest because Thea started this started this conversation of having shows named after you for 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 women of color and black women specifically so shout out to thea first african-american female comedian to have a television series named after them um and again top five women of color best sitcoms named after the star that's so raven eve the mindy project wanda at large and thea I recommend you to check out all of these shows. I'm sure there's a clip or two or an episode or two on YouTube for all of the shows that I mentioned. You may not be able to always find a full series, but you can do your research and know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to make it easy for you by reminding you in these um, promotions for this podcast episode. And so make sure that you're going to Instagram and you're swiping through all the pictures when I post the episode, because it is reminders or just like maybe further information from what we discussed. You know, I'm really trying to teach y'all how to fish out here. And so next topic, I really wanted to really uh, beat a dead horse really. Cause it's been talked about on many other platforms already. And I, because I listen to other shows and so I'm just like, Oh, by the time I talk about it, it's gonna, it's gonna be over, but it's still an important conversation. It's going to be a quick one, but it's important. And it's the topic of Deborah Wilson from mad TV, not being paid what she's worth. Deborah Wilson did a interview with Comedy Hype on YouTube. Great, great channel to follow if you don't follow Comedy Hype. They do great little interviews with throwback stars and comedians. And they give you um, fun facts and just the behind the scenes of how comedy is made. And me, I, I love comedy, just period. I love stand-up comedy. We just went through sitcoms, which is situational comedies. And so it's just proven that I love a good laugh. And so I would recommend you to follow Comedy Hype on YouTube. But nonetheless, they did an interview with Deborah Wilson and Deborah Wilson in the interview mentioned how, you know, she was doing Mad TV for eight seasons. She was the longest running cast member, one of the original cast members from season one. And she was the last standing cast member from season one. And it was, it was brought to her attention that there were some new stars being casted for the show already making more than her. Hmm. And she had been with the show for eight years. And so she, she took that to the, uh, people, maybe, um, the accountants, the financial, uh, uh, services of mad TV (laughs) and, uh, requested a negotiation for her pay. And you know what they said? Girl, sit down. Back of the bus, Rosa. (laughs) That's what they told her. And so she decided to make a big decision and leave that show. She went on to do other great things. Um, She's still getting paid. She does lots of animation work when it comes to like video games and just like animation shows. But anyway, everyone was like, oh my gosh, Deborah Wilson wasn't getting paid her worth. And she was Mad TV. Because when you think of Mad TV, 
as a black person, you really think about like a handful of skits and a handful of people on the show. Um, when it comes to like the full brand, of course, if you come from the new age, you think key and pill immediately. But when you think about the whole show, of course, you're thinking Aerie Spears. And then you're thinking, of course, Deborah Wilson. Like those are like the top black people that come to mind. And so when you think Deborah Wilson, what skits are you thinking? You're thinking Oprah, you're thinking uh, Whitney Houston. Like she had iconic roles that she was playing that were always funny and that she was always going to hit and nail and knock out of the park. And the fact that she was not getting paid, she's the main reason we're getting, we're, we're laughing. She is the main reason why we showed up today. And so there was a hoopla on the internet saying like, oh my gosh, like even the, uh, our legends and the people that we've loved have never been respected. And then following that story or at the same time as that story, it was being told that Taraji P. Henson had been paid pennies for Benjamin Button. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, it's a great film. It's one of those, it's one of those long films. It's like a, it's kind of like a Titanic. You know, you got to really sit down. It's like my sister's keeper. It's like, it's two hours plus. And so in the film, Brad Pitt, the star of the film. So you already know it's a blockbuster and it made probably millions plays his mother important role the woman that raised him took him in when no one else would got paid I don't know x amount I think I read somewhere I heard somewhere that by the time she had to pay her her lawyers and her her manager or whatever you know all the logistics she only had 40k forty thousand dollars now of course that's a lot to like the average person like me like I wish I had $40,000 like girl accept that but no she shouldn't accept that because she was already an established actor we already knew what she could bring to the table and she was casted for the role for a reason right and so pay her what she's worth she's going to play the mother the person who raised Benjamin Button himself of the film and you're not going to pay her what she's asked and what was rumored that she asked for was half a million. And I know that sounds like a really big number, but is it really like, again, after you pay all the logistics and you get the leftover amount, I think that they owed her at least that much. And then it was also said that it took a black man to employ her to finally pay her what she was worth and a substantial amount of money to where it was worth to do the job. And that's the solution to this, to this topic. And that's the angle we're going to take because people were covering the story. Like I said, it's, it's beaten like a dead horse, but what we're going to, to do is find the solution to this. How can we solve us people, us black people, black women being gypped, being underpaid, being undervalued? How, how do we solve that? You know what we do? We have ownership us black people need to own things and employ our own because you know what you know what it took for Taraji P to finally get paid Tyler Perry to cast her and I know I know Tyler Perry is low-key like the devil I hate to even say that let let me let me take that back he he is (sighs) (laughs) he's the yang to my ying sometimes you know Tyler Perry frustrates me to say in the nicest way But that black man employed a black person and paid them what they were worth. So shout out to Tyler Perry. And again, that is the solution to things like this. We really need to 
stop pandering. You know, we're always complaining about white people pandering to us. Like as soon as the politicians are wanting to run for, you know, an office position, they're out here doing the nay nay and they're like trying to lean with it, rock with it on, on talk shows to win the black vote. Right. Okay. Us black people need to stop trying to win this white vote of acceptance and just do, do for yourself, do for your own. And and if an ally wants to work alongside you, yes, go ahead, allow them to. But as for just this pandering and just needing this acceptance from white people and just like having to just do only their productions. And I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to be a rough start, but we really need to work for our own. And, you know, we need to fubu it out for us by us because that's what's going to pay us. Okay. (laughs) for us by us will pay us and I think that in that's the perfect way to to say it in the simplest terms for us by us will pay us moving on I want to um discuss some music before we get into this interesting topic that was brought to my attention music Silk Sonic remember I mentioned last episode that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack were going to collide and put out music well it's here it's here I think it's called leave the door open or something or don't close the door um it's it's good it's exactly what I wanted It's the exact vibes I assumed would be. And to me, that's a good thing. Sometimes, you know, that's a bad thing where you're just like, ugh, so predictable. But this is what I wanted. This is what I needed. And this is what I assumed to be. And so I'm just glad it checked off every every box that was on my list. As for I needed both artists to be themselves and yet collide in a way and collaborate to where it sounded like one. Because I was was afraid that it was going to sound like maybe two obvious different songs just being meshed together and in a way that is what it is when it comes to their parts to sing but it's it's cohesive I hate that word I know we're all supposed to hate that word it's like oh it's so overused but that's the correct word to use (laughs) these two artists were cohesive together and really made a really great soulful jazzy smooth melanated song and Bruno Mars although makes me feel a little weird with his little mustache (laughs) it put me like in the like smoothest grooviest moves to start this podcast because I literally listened to it this morning it is Friday March 5th and it dropped today so it's got me already wanting to share it with the next person so I think that's a good thing um another (laughs) another thing I have to mention when it comes to music is Flo Millie. Okay. Flo Millie has really just been knocking it out the park for the last, I don't know, year or two of all her songs. Um, I loved her week song. She samples this SWV song week and her music video for that is amazing. She's wearing a do-rag cape. She's looking like a boss. She has another song called that bitch. That's amazing. Um, She has the Roaring Twenties where she has like this kind of like Jack the Ripper sample and it's like 20s style and uh, decor in the video. Very unique, very different. And now she's back with a new song called Backpack and (laughs) she is sampling Dora the Explorer's Backpack song and man, does this shit go hard. It is the funniest 
dopest, litest song that's come across my Instagram feed. And unfortunately, you can't stream it on Apple Music because I don't think Nickelodeon's going to allow her to clear a door of the Explorer song for her trap music. <laughs> But it is on YouTube, it is on Instagram, and I believe it's on Twitter. And so just search Backpack Flow Millie and jam that shit, and it is hard as fuck. Now, it's a bit ignorant, but come on now, you knew it would be. But the premise of the song is that you might make her reach for her backpack, and you don't know what's in it. <laughs> and already that sounds hard as fuck as a rapper. And so go check out Backpack by Flow Millie. And I would also like to mention that my husband is back on the scene. We already know that he was going to drop. I alerted you all when it came to my timeline on uh, Instagram, just letting y'all know that, hey, (laughs) scary hours are upon us. (laughs) And he delivered. He dropped Scary Hours 2, which was a nice little three-pack of music. And it was it's it's something to hold us over until certified lover boy. Because in the description of Scary Hours 2 on Apple Music, it goes into this long explanation of why we still don't have certified lover boy, which is because Drake injured his knee. He had to have surgery. He's tending to his therapy, and he will be back with us soon. <laughs> And so wheelchair Jimmy, (laughs) I hope is going to be up and walking soon and we'll be back to our lover boy shit. But for now we're going to jam to scary hours and it's good. Little baby is a beast. Um, he's featured on one song. Rick Ross is featured on another people love when Rick Ross opens his mouth. So like it it was gone. It was going to be a hit. Nonetheless, we already knew. Drake dropping anything, a voicemail, we would all ran to it. So it is what it is and it's great. That's what it is. Moving on to the last topic I wanted to cover. And this came to me in a text message. And I love when y'all do this. I love when y'all hit me up and y'all are like, oh, y'all should talk about this. And someone did that recently, but it wasn't too much to to cover like okay so someone messaged me and was like you should talk about you know texas and you know how we're going crazy greg abbott and the no mask thing but it's like do i really want to bring attention to my ignorant ass state do i really want to admit and remind you all that i'm 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 in scary hours And so, yes, there's a mandate saying that, you know, there's no more masks required and we're open 100% and everyone's scared. You know, the crazy Trump supporters are happy. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess that means I'm going to double up on my mask. I'm going to have my hand sanitizer and maybe sometimes my gloves, depending on what store I'm going into or where I'm going. And that's just how I'm going to have to live. What more can I say? I mean, that's just what it is. We adjust and we have to survive. That's my angle. And then someone wanted me to talk about Basketball Wives. Um, Basketball Wives is back. Um, Evelyn is being accused of colorism issues. And me personally, um, if you are a fan of Basketball Wives and you have watched every other season of Basketball Wives, I do not believe the accusations from OG 
OG is saying that Evelyn from Basketball Wives, who used to date Ocho Cinco, he is the one, uh, or she is the one that he headbutted, and that's what spawned the song from French Montana and the rest of Bad Boy of Ocho Cinco song. I'm trying to tie it in for my hip hop listeners, so you listen to the topic. But Evelyn is now on Basketball Wives, and or she has been on Basketball Wives, and she's being accused of colorism of saying that oh you're only um, arguing with this arguing with me who is OG because I'm dark skin. I'm from Africa. I'm African descent. And it's like, no bitch, we're arguing with you because you're overly aggressive. She used to play football professionally. She plays lingerie football professionally, and she is tough out here in the street. She can tackle you and she will remind you in an argument. So if you have a disagreement with OG, who is this ex lingerie football player who now coaches the sport, She will remind you in that heated discussion that, hey, you know I can tackle you and snap you in half. And how are you supposed to react? I'm not going to want to be your friend. I'm not going to want to invite you to future events. And that's what's happening for OG. And OG now feels like she's being ostracized and an outcast because of the color of her skin. It's no, sis, you're threatening people with your with your skills. And then she will turn around and say, well, there's been other fights on the show before. We've had people throw drinks, throw tables and chairs. What's the issue when I do something? It's not that you did something, though. You're pre meditating uh, an attack. <laughs> people throw drinks and chairs in the heat of the moment when, when it's happening. You are then saying you're planning shit. You're saying to the person, hey. I'm about to do this. Hey, you know, I'm this strong. And that's just another vibe. That's a whole nother approach than you just getting frustrated in the moment and picking up a glass of water and flinging it at someone totally different from someone saying, Hey, I can snap you in half. So that's my take on Basketball Wives. I'm still watching. I plan to see how this pans out as for how they resolve things. But moving into the actual topic I wanted to discuss that came through to me via text message from my girl Brandy. She texted me one day and was like, hey, I need your opinion on something. (laughs) And I love when she starts conversations like this. And I'm like, sure, girl. She's like, okay. So they're making a movie about Marcus Garvey but it's from the narrative of the informant that was in his organization. And so I was, I I text back and I'm like, so similar to Judas and black Messiah. And she's like, yep, just like that. I think these movies are getting out of context or hand, almost like taking away from white supremacy and putting the focus too high on the snitch. And I sat there rereading that text message. And I was like, I slowly put my phone down, a single tear rolled out of my eye. And I was like, wow, I'm a coon (laughs) because it never, I never had thought of it from that perspective that our stories are keep being told from the snitch versus from highlighting white supremacy itself. And so I respond and I'm like, oh, I see That's a good angle and viewpoint I was ignorant to see. Damn, I am not a fan now. And she responds, well, I like the movie and the stories are being told, but I'm conflicted on the angle. Being black is so hard. I in return say, this is a great pod topic. And she said, yes, it would be. And I respond and I say, all credit to you, of course. But I continue to say, 
But I honestly hadn't seen it that way. And it is hard being black because here I am just accepting of any way they tell our story because I'm so thirsty just for a real story to be told. SMH, we need the right story to be told. (laughs) And that's why I was thinking I was a coon because I was just so thirsty for, for one of our stories to be told. I'm like, oh, look, finally a real ass story about a black man doing black things. And, you know, I'm referring to Judas and the Black Messiah, but the story is being told to demonize a black man and not really white supremacy. Because at the end of Judas and the Black Messiah, you're mad at that, that informant snitch guy. You're not mad at the white people. I mean, of course, like you are, but you know what I mean? Like the highlight of that movie, that what the way it's being told is as if he was the fall of that organization at that time. When no, it was white supremacy and it was the, the environment he was in. It was a situation that the white people put that black man in. He didn't go out wanting to bring down the Black Panther Party. He was doing other, he was trying to survive as a black man in hard times and the police caught the right one who was willing to do what he needed to do to survive. And the story is being told from an interesting angle and now they're going to do it again with Marcus Garvey. Now, if you don't know who Marcus Garvey is, Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican political activist, publisher, journalist, entrepreneur, and orator. He was the founder and first president general of the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Communities League, through which he declared himself provisional president of Africa. And so he was killed by an informant, or he was captured, I believe, and jailed by an informant and then killed. But it's now being told from the informant that that got him from, I guess, the FBI. It makes me feel weird because it's a story I do want to watch, learn more about, just like Judas and the Black Messiah, because I was just praising it the other episode, saying like, you know, I learned a lot. It was good information. It was great acting. But the angle, the angle, we need to be reminded of the situation these people were put in and why they made these choices, because they skimmed over that. They skimmed over the part of, what's his face, um, the informant that got Fred Hampton. They, they skimmed over the part of him being, you know, impersonating to be a fake cop. Like, that's like the first two minutes of the movie, and they go straight into like, oh, I'll do what I, do what I have to do to not take the fall for the crimes that I've been doing. And that's how, you know, he, he came to be a a snitch for, you know, the black party because the police got to him. They said, Hey, look, we know you're out here committing crimes to survive, but now that we got you, you can either go to jail for, you know, a thousand years (laughs) or join the black Panther party and tell us what they're up to. And it's like, I can't be mad at that black man. Like I can be mad, but how mad can I be? I don't know those times. I wasn't there. It's easier. It's easier said than done to like say, oh, I would have never. Oh, I could never, you know? And so all this to say, I'm looking at these movies side eye now. 
And man, am I disappointed in myself for being fooled. You know, the, the wool was over my eyes, but I can see now. I see now, niggas. <laughs> you almost had me. Now, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah because I like Lakeith and them. I like Daniel Kaluuya. He's kind of cute. But with this next movie, I don't know. We don't have to see. Anyways, nonetheless, please follow Tea with Tammy on all streaming platforms where it's available, which is Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. And be sure to go to teawithtammy.com, enter in your email, and subscribe um, for weekly emails on new content that's being posted to the website. Follow Tea with Tammy on social media, which will be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and support the show through patreon.com slash teawithtammy. And until next time, be patient, because I will be bringing tea next time. But for now, sip your own damn tea.